The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The reign of the rookie running back and cornerback class continues. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Jeff Saturday's new quarterback coach for the Colts. I, like him, check the two most important boxes for Jim Ursay. I'm white, and I'm criminally inexperienced. And with me, as always, is AJ. It's time to unflap the zap once again, Marchese. Unflap the zap forever, man. Amen. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking all the most impressive NFL rookies from week nine of the NFL season. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you, trying to not let the funk out. Unfortunately, Jake Funk was cut today, so the funk oh has my gotten God. out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Another miss for AJ. Another miss. I don't know if I could do this show tonight. Like, uh. Uh, any uh, before we get into it, any takes on uh, Frank Reich out in Indianapolis? Jeff Saturday in. Um, I will say I'm surprised that they moved on. Well, I mean, when it first happened, surprised that they like they moved on from Frank Reich mid-season. I do think it was the right call though. But um, no, no, no other takes. I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> Um, poor Marcus Brady. I think someone should hire Frank Wright and Marcus Brady as the OC and QB coach. Uh, I would like it to be the Los Angeles Chargers. I would fire Staley. I'd fire McDaniel's um, like like the fake Adam Schefter told us today. Oh, I love that guy. Just trying to um, f- trying to fire half the league here. Fire! I'd fire Nate Hackett. <laughs> Definitely. What do you think the odds are of? Like not not due to performance, but the odds that Jeff Saturday is the Indianapolis head coach next season. 
way too high. Like it should be it should be impossible. Zero. Yeah. But he should also not be their interim head coach. So I don't know. Can I can I ask a weird question? I I hope so. Okay. If 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 theoretically Peyton Manning instead of Jeff Saturday took this job, who also has no proper coaching experience, do you think the dialogue would be totally totally different? No, I don't. Because I think at the end of the at the end of the day, they scapegoated a black coach, hired someone with zero experience at the NCAA or NFL level. Who, if he wasn't white, this wouldn't happen. We all know that. Jim Irsay is not a great guy. He's like, deranged. I, I, I think it might not. I Well, one, I don't think it's harsh enough right now, honestly. So, like, the, the like I think people people are like, oh, it's Jim Irsay, it's Jim Irsay, like that. T- too many people are writing it off as it's Jim Mercy, it's goofy, it's funny, like what a train wreck. But like also it's problematic as hell. And and I think that's being overlooked by the fact that people are having fun with it when there there are so many minority coaches who will never get this type of shot uh, in the NFL who have put decades of work in and, and Jeff Saturday just played for the Colts. So now he gets to be head coach. I mean, someone made the point. They're like, if they wanted to hire – a former player who was a superstar and uh, to, to be the interim head coach for whatever reason, Reggie Wayne is on yeah. staff. Yeah. That's like a, that's, that's the, the, the most ridiculous uh, part about it. Egregious part. Yeah, yeah. Like the Marcus Brady thing and that thing, those two things are what stick out to me. Like you're in a, at the same time, like I think Frank Reich's a pretty good coach. If you're yes. like firing him, Fine, I get like the season has fallen apart and everything, but to then go and hire Jeff Saturday, I think that's a slap in the face to Frank Reich as well. Like, and also to, and, to and, hire Saturday and like make it seem like he could be a long term answer. Like that's and and, and and they have Gus. Like, not to say Gus Bradley was a good head coach or anything. Yeah. And not to say Gus Bradley's like the best defensive coordinator in the NFL or anything, but Gus Bradley at least has experience as an NFL head coach has been a defensive coordinator for years in the NFL, like making him the interim makes sense too. But the, I don't know. It's just the series of events is so ridiculous. And I think it's pathetic. And I, I, I do I, now I kind of, like the fact that they can scape uh, the, the Rooney rule by just naming him an interim. Like the fact that the Rooney rule doesn't apply to the interims, who are hired that are not already on staff like that seems kind of wild yeah that is weird but I, yeah but like if they were to hire him full time i believe they would still have to go through all the right procedures. but it would just if they would already know they're hiring him full time you know correct I mean? yeah the whole know. thing's a joke but you know what's not a joke the senior bowl <laughs> damn right <laughs> thank you uh we got one more uh acceptance Cameron Young, the interior defensive lineman from Mississippi State. Um, watched a little bit of him today. Big one tech who just kind of plugs up the middle. Um, you know who he kind of remind me of a little bit of Neil, Neil Farrell last year? Ah, uh, Yes. One. So not not like a super sexy get, but type of player who, who NFL teams look for on, on mid to late day three uh, to just be a run plugger. And you'll probably get a nice, a couple nice, you know, one on ones in the, 
in the in the one on one drills against you know a small school guard that's not ready for his size. It'll be fun. And three pretty major East West Shrine Bowl acceptances. Um, Houston quarterback Clayton Toon, yeah, Purdue baby. quarterback Aiden O'Connor, yeah, baby, <laughs> and Boston College receiver Zay Flowers. That one's crazy. Again, this he's gonna is get, he's gonna get flipped. But the other two, good, those are good quarterback gets too. Well, I I, I think it's gonna be really interesting just because this quarterback class. The, the, I think there's a big drop off, especially in terms of seniors after uh, Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. So. Seeing who goes where is going to be interesting. And, and then getting both those guys, who I think you could argue both are, if we're saying the Senior Bowl's above uh, the East West Shrine Bowl. Which I will um, forever. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, okay. Eric Gallico's not going to like that. Um, but if we're saying that, like, the, the these guys could both be at the Senior Bowl. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no. So I, I thought both pretty good gets. Um Hold on, quickly, oh. I will say, Nagy usually tends to go for the name brand senior quarterbacks when it's like, you know, push comes to shove, you know? Like, instead of Clayton Toon, it's going to be Bonex. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I, I think so. Oh, you trying to get me to predict the quarterbacks right now? <laughs> Please don't, no. <laughs> okay, well, I think, like, in an ideal world, obviously, Hen Hooker will have this. Yeah. But you're so upset I'm doing yeah. this. Yeah. But, but Bonex... I, I think spot on. He's 100% going to be there. Jaden Daniel, I think, could very well end up yeah. there. I noticed they put a graphic out about Jake Hayner today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you think Stetson and, gets there? Probably. Yeah. Uh, there, there's also Devin Leary. There's also, t- like, Tanner McKee's, I think, a junior, but he's, like, older than everyone else, so he could be there. Who knows? It's it's going to be interesting. Cam Rising's another one. But you're right about that. Um, but for these West Shrine Bowl, the, these are two good gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, O'Connell kind of a rhythm pocket passer, more accurate than he is physically talented. Kind of like a, a little bit Billy's, like lesser Billy Zappy. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Clayton Toon, more of the physically impressive quarterback. Uh, interesting year from him. So, I mean, both these guys have a chance to be drafted. Yeah, definitely. No, no, those are two good quarterback gets. And, I mean, flipping to Zay Flowers, that's a legit get. Now, if he if he ends up there, I would tend to be surprised. But maybe this is a result of the uh, the Shrine game having the NFL staffs this year. He He's also um, the combo of not having – like uh, last year not being as great as year, mm-hmm. this year like they're they they've been so bad. Like I I could see him not potentially not even being invited to the Senior Bowl, but I can see him showing up to the East West Shrine Bowl and being the guy everyone's talking about yeah. all week long. Yeah, uh, I I think he's gonna put on a route running clinic. Like he's got the speed to win deep. He's got the the uh, route tree and uh, release repertoire to just cook guys. Um, so I think that's a really fun one. No, definitely. Uh, speaking of fun, NFL Week 9, Rookie Superlatives. I had fun this week. I, okay. I didn't have to watch I, I didn't have to watch Kenny Pickett play, so That's a did. great point. And but we did have to watch Malik Willis on Sunday night. Was that fun? I think in Malik Willis's defense, the Titans play calling didn't put him in the like their play calling was bad. Like we have we have to admit that. I think what Todd Downing's their OC. It felt like they didn't run him enough. They didn't run Derrick Henry enough. Yeah. Like, they were in the game the whole game. 
It's not like they needed to get away from it, and, and they they kind of did. I they should have. I thought run more zone reads. Malik Willis had like what two or three pretty nasty runs. It, um, it worked when they went to it, definitely. Exactly. Like he finished five of sixteen for eighty yards with eight carries for forty yards. A kind of that that Austin that back shoulder at Austin Hooper that throw was really I thought pretty special from him. Uh, just given everything else we've seen so far. Yeah. And then, what, he had one deep one down the sideline to Nick Westbrook-Akina that was dropped, Yeah, if I remember right. It, um, it felt like the rest of his, bet, like his best throws were, were dropped. Yeah. And, and like, one, I, I just didn't love the play calling because, one, he's he is super raw as a passer. You saw that, yeah. especially late in the game, especially in overtime um, on yeah. that, final dr- that final drive. Um, but two, like the receivers aren't very good. So your best player is Derrick Henry, who's playing a really good game. And Malik Willis is a special athlete. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't know why you didn't have more design runs in there. I know they, they didn't know if Tannehill would play. Maybe that had something to do with it. Like the game plan wasn't necessarily for Malik Willis, but, uh, I don't know. Because they, they, they could have won this game, which I think says a lot about the Titans, given the fact that they, Malik Willis was 5 of 16. Yeah, it definitely does. The Titans' defense is pretty legit. But, um, no, I, I think, like, if you look at it uh, at, a, at the microscopic level for Willis, um, I think <laughs> I think he showed why he's not, you know, not ready to steal that job from Tannehill yet. But the glimpses were there. Um, like you said, the playbook was, was bad and was narrow, and it didn't really make sense. Um the sacks he took at the end of the game were, were really, really, really poor. That was the, the that was the most part where you see like, okay, this guy is just you know, not not you know not in the right position. You know they're not putting him in the correct position, but also just not ready for the spot yet. Um, the glimpses were fun though, like you said, I felt like they should have got him involved as a runner more often. Um, like you said, the zone read felt like it was working. They got away from it, and in general, they stopped running. I, I don't I don't know what this offensive game plan was. I was like. Like the, maybe they're just shocked to even be in the game. They had no plan to be in the game. I don't know, but no. Um, Tanny should be back this week. It sounds like, and luckily for them, also it sounds like Traylon Burks has a chance to play this week. Um, yeah, they need him. They need him because they got they got nothing going at pass catcher except for their other rookie, who we'll get to at some point, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, um, short week for rookie quarterbacks. But I'm glad it's kind of fun that we had Malik Wilson Sunday night. Yeah, I. I... I just really didn't like kind of the game plan they seemed to have in there for him. Hey, it was we didn't do a you know a real recap last week. Um, so last week they they literally just took the ball out of his hands, but it made sense. You know they're they're kicking the Texans' ass, and I think he threw one attempt in the second half. They just they like okay, you don't trust him as a passer. Sure, fine. Like Mike Vrabel strikes me as someone who like doesn't like rookies. Um, yeah, that's true. But he's such a special athlete. You've got one of the three best running backs in the NFL in the backfield. Like, get more creative. You've got a great run-blocking offensive line. Like, Nate Davis had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick- Nicholas Petit-Friere keeps playing pretty well. Yeah, he does. Uh, speaking of rookies. But, um, I don't know. I just didn't love that. Anyway, let's get, let's get more positive up in here. Let's talk some rookies of the week. Uh, starting on the offensive side of the ball, where... I'll go first, and I'll preface it by saying 
I didn't pick Damian Pierce, uh, despite his dominant performance against the Eagles, just because it was a game we both watched. I wanted to pick uh, someone who I thought was fantastic in a game that you didn't get to see, and that 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 was Garrett Wilson in the Bills Jets game. Thank you, Rob. I wanted to. I've been dying to hear how Garrett Wilson did in the Bills I Jets game. Did. Plus, quickly, so, sorry, sorry I, let, let me say Damian Pierce, uh, primetime star, anyways. So yeah, exactly. Um, Garrett Wilson, it, it, maybe not his flashiest game, but boy, oh boy, with a better quarterback, I, I, I think he'd, he wouldn't be having like the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson type of rookie year, but uh, I think he, he'd be having a, a no doubt Pro Bowl type of year. He is so good. Yes. Uh, nine targets, caught eight of them for 92 yards, plus had a seven yard run. Um, his ability to win off the line of scrimmage. The Bills pressed yeah. the hell out of him, um, and they just couldn't they they couldn't hang with him. No, the I know the Bills secondary is banged up, but he was just torching them, um, just consistently moving the chains. Zach Wilson isn't good, but Zach no. Wilson played better than normal in this game. Still wasn't good, but his he trusts Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson just constantly working himself open. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got a rare blend of, I think, route running know-how, but with that explosive athleticism. And nobody could hang with him. And, and again, they, they pressed the hell out of him. And I remember people being like, when he's coming out of Ohio State, one of the biggest knocks on him was, well, he, he never gets pressed. Like, he yeah. can't beat press. He's a, he's a little bit smaller, this and that, this and that. He he was dominant when they pressed him. So I, I, I will know. say, like projecting that, I, I remember that conversation very much so as well. But projecting that, just his fluidity of his lower body and and the quickness of his game, and you know the the, the ability to to you know come off the ball, um, I felt like that would be able to translate against the press. And was that kind of the, the case this week? Yeah, uh, the next gen stats. He faced press coverage on 73% of his routes in Week 9, the highest rate by any player in a game this season, minimum 25 routes, and he accounted for over half the Jets' air yards, which was a career high for him. Um, and and he, 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 they're moving him around too, mm-hmm. right? Like He, he uh, started the season playing more predominantly in the slot, but with the Corey Davis injury, he's playing more outside now. And he, he's, he's winning both down this uh down the field um over the middle on the outside like he he's running a complete road tree and yeah just nobody can hang with his athleticism speaking of more in the slot apparently elijah moore is supposed to go back to kind of being that full-time slot guy which is good for everyone involved i think if, if they can get both yeah. of them going they, in the, the, their recurrent record and zach wilson isn't you know isn't a disaster uh fuck they can make some noise it sucks so much the that they lost that, place, though. But yeah, I think I think Elijah Moore this week ran twenty six routes and didn't see one target. Like Ugh. I don't understand. And you know what's funky too is like uh, like Zach Wilson had a pretty decent chemistry with him last year too. Like when when they were both on the field together, which was kind of rare. But yeah, um, I didn't put Damian Pierce either because I, I thought he deserved primetime star on his own. But I went with a guy that uh, you usually don't get to watch, but I, this week you did. I put Kenneth Walker. Um, I kind of wanted to hear your first glimpses, really, of him in, in uh, you know, in the NFL. But before that, 26 carries, 190 yards, two touchdowns. Got a little bit more involved in the passing game, but nothing crazy. Three catches, 20 yards. 
honestly, at first I was like, oh, this might be an underwhelming performance from Walker. It just felt like they couldn't get the, the run game going for quite a stretch early in the game. Um, but honestly, for as, as cliche as it is, Walker is starting to seem like the type of back that gets better as the game goes on, baby. <laughs> and he, he's become like such a damn closer for, for the Seahawks. Like he, he put that game away, um, especially like, you know, late with that, the touchdown, uh, his second touchdown. Um, and like the play before that, where he just like stayed in bounds to keep the clock rolling. And like, I don't know how he kept his feet, like kind of just stuck his hand in the dirt and, and, and stayed up. I thought that was ridiculous. Um, and like just his, his vision, his vision and his suddenness just shines every week. But like, I, I've been really impressed with how well he's running with power. Like, it's not like him, yeah. you know, trucking dudes or anything, but just, you know, get, hitting hitting the pile, keeping his legs churning and going through the pile and staying up in his touchdown ended up, you know, with, with off, some assists from the offensive line, pushing him in. Um, he's been he's been amazing. And um, I'd love to see him get a little bit more involved in the passing game. I don't know if it's going to happen fully. Like, Travis Homer's got the, the third down duties and the – the two minute duties, um, but three for twenty is not bad. He looked okay with a couple checkdowns from Gino early. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if I had to put money right now, I would bet on him to to close up rookie of the year. But I want to hear what you thought your your first your first real glimpse at uh, Kenneth Walker. Not to say I didn't think he was a physical running back, but he he was running a lot more physical than yeah. I think I expected. I totally agree. Getting north south, like one cut north south right away. Yeah. Uh, running really well behind his pads, breaking first contact pretty consistently. Um, I think they got him with five broken tackles this week. He, he was running a lot angrier than I think I, I – not again, not to say, like, I didn't think he could do that. It's just, like, at Michigan State, it was so frequently home he'd runs. make that one cut yeah. and he'd hit a home run. And I think you're seeing a lot more chunk, consistent chunk runs, seeing him run really well between the tackles. Yeah. And not just being that home run threat. He, I feel like he's super complete right now as a rusher. It, it's just not the, the passing game yet. But as a, as a pure back, he's. I don't know if anyone's running the ball better than him. Like there's, you know, he's up there. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, are you saying best in a, in the league? No, I'm not saying he's the best. I'm just saying he's up there in the league, though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll have you rank your top 10 running backs at the end of the show. Uh, defensive <laughs> okay. rookie of the week. I'm going back to a, to another easy one. I, I'm sticking in the big apple with, uh, as Chris Berman called him uh, during what Monday Night Football, big apple sauce <laughs> gardener. Uh, yeah, sauce, sauce with sauce. Uh, picked off Josh Allen, uh, where Josh Allen has really read the defense very poorly. Yeah. Um, they're they're playing like a cover two. Sauce was down low in the flats, and and I guess Josh Allen tried to hit that honey hole, but Sauce got pretty like got some good depth on it and, and just picked it off and it kind of went right to him. But he ended up uh, saw five targets, allowed three catches, twenty nine yards. Keep in mind he he was dealing with Stephon Diggs, not obviously not following him, not playing him the whole game, but for much of the game. And that's all he gave up. That's that he he saw far fewer targets than I think uh, people were expecting, and um, he just kind of kept everything in front of him. And, and like that's not to say Stefan Diggs didn't have a good game because he did, but it wasn't coming against Sauce. And and Diggs Diggs saw ten targets himself, and and I think most of those were against Sauce, and that's all he gave up. Uh what else is new? I mean, like every week he he goes out and plays a fucking hell of a ball game. 
again, uh, if, if I were to bet on defensive rookie of the year, I think he'd be the obvious choice, and he's obviously the betting favorite. Um, it would take a lot. Like, I, like number two for me would be Tariq Woolen, and and he's been phenomenal as well. But it would take a lot for Woolen to to you know to jump sauce at this point. Like, I I don't know. Barring barring one of the edge rushers like coming on and starting to stack sacks on sacks, I don't see anyone getting him. I just don't. Agreed. Who's your defensive rookie of the week? Sticking in the secondary, uh, I'm going with, with that, that monster, the sudden monster of Kirby Joseph, who this was just such a damn great ball game for Kirby and the upset over the over the Packers for the Lions. Ten tackles, two picks, and another awesome PBU. Uh, both the interceptions came in the red zone. The first one was specifically in the end zone. Um, it wasn't like an amazing play or anything, but but he made it, and, and Rodgers kind of doinked it off a guy's helmet. That ball went straight up in the air. Uh, Kirby and Okuda were, were kind of wrestling for it midair, and Kirby came down with it. Either one could have had the pick. Um, so I was like, you know, that was a good play. But then he just kept building on that. Like, I thought he was solid against the run all game. Just has been such an impact. Um, his next play on the ball was fantastic. It was a third and long. Rodgers goes deep. He's got Samori Ture. Uh, the throw was, was short. It wasn't a good throw. But um, Joseph got, uh, he, you know, was behind the ball. He got caught up to it. Full extension, knocked it down. It was a hell of a play. Um, like a better, a better play than either was interceptions. I thought, and the the second interception was phenomenal on its own. Like just, just read Tanyan, um, uh, his route perfectly. Red Rogers' eyes. Uh, it was like a, a shot to the goal line. He jumps it, just great hands. It was too easy for him. Uh, was a was a hell of a safety performance. Like was was very <laughs> was a very high end game, and you know, in, in a situation where. They kept making these big plays in big spots, and you know it was a tight, low-scoring game, and and he was the difference, I think. Like, and Aiden Hutchinson had a pick in the in the end zone too. Um, between the two of them, I mean, Hutch wasn't that good as pass rusher, but between these plays, like they were the reason they won the game. The rookies really, really shine for the Lions this week. They uh, Kirby Joseph, it seems like he plays better each and every yeah, week. Yeah, man, and he, he's always around the football, and he's always making splashy plays. He's been a lot of fun. I can't believe he didn't start the year as a starter last I, year at Illinois. I know, I know. I can't believe he didn't start the year as a starter with the with the Lions. Um, speaking of bad teams, yeah, the the L.A. Rams were bad this week, yeah, and earned my worst rookie performance. Uh, sticking in the secondary with Darion Kendrick. You know, it was a bad game when we're uh, we got the same worst rookie. <laughs> He, he, he had a tough go of it. Um, he gave up the game-winning touchdown to Kate Otten. Yep. Uh, he finished uh, allowing six grabs for 47 yards on nine targets. Not horrific, but then when you factor in two defensive pass interference uh, penalties that accounted for 38 yards in a game where points were hard to come by, and it kind of felt like... He, he was just a hair slow frequently on, on just kind of dink and dunk passes from Tom Brady underneath. Yeah. And it, it, it just felt like every every wrong thing he did came in key moments in a game that ended so tightly. Yeah, it totally did. Like, the first one was a big DPI, deep downfield to Evans. That was, like, yeah, I think that counted for, like, all the yards. And the other one's, like, basically to lose them the game and then the touchdown. Um, yeah, like, it just, like, the Rams, you know, they're they're... They're not anything close to the Super Bowl team right now, and they got a lot of holes. But it feels like Kendrick's been getting exploited so often. And, and well, 
it's also just so strange. Like a guy who, who I I think a lot of us didn't expect to get drafted. They took him in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of ups and downs between his time at Clemson and Georgia. Uh, yeah. A really poor combine where he ran four seven nine. Ends up going to the sixth round. You're like, okay, like he's a project, but he's interesting. Yeah. And then he's instantly thrown into the fire. He's he's had some solid performances though, but he's just playing so much. He's been a full time starter since week three. Yeah, it's it's really surprising. And fun, funny enough, though, he keeps talking shit big time. Though maybe that's what earns some some confidence from the coaches. Um, it makes you wonder, like how how poor Robert Rochelle has been. That that you know he's, Kendrick's playing so much ahead of him. Kendrick's. Uh, in on the season is allowing a 98.5 QB rating when targeted um but the last two weeks he's he's given up uh 11 grabs on uh 14 targets for over well over 100 yards like he has just been picked on the last two weeks mm-hmm. um you alluded to who our primetime star is oh i alluded all right it's damien D- goddamn I- pierce and I think in a normal week, like, he very much... Oh, Ron Cook's putting on a show for Buffalo in some action right now. Uh, looking like Damian Pierce. Um, in a, a normal week, Damian Pierce would very much probably be my offensive rookie of the week. But mm-hmm. everyone saw him play, so I wanted to focus on someone else. Uh, ran for 139 yards uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Because of him, the Texans were in this thing yep. for a bit on Thursday Night Football. He carried the load, 27 carries. Broke. Uh, I, I, he had five broken tackles, um, seventy-two yards after contact. It felt like every time he touched the ball, he'd make make a defender look silly. Uh, he really exploited the Eagles' kind of lackluster run defense, especially with Jordan Davis not yeah. playing. And their their second level tackling was just brutal, and he was just arm tackles, just guys going flying every time they yeah. tried to tackle him. Yeah. I was so ready for him just to finish one, though. Like, not 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 to criticize. He was amazing. Just it felt like he was going to finally break a big one. It just never came. I was just ready. You know what I mean? But um, no, he was he was phenomenal. And yeah, like just that that one run, like he, where he you know he's, he broke a tackle downfield and like gets like hit hard, but like keeps his feet. It was just so ridiculous. And he's been so damn good. And uh, I don't know how they let him fall to where he did. Like the, the whole league. I know it's a running back position, but still should have been a top one hundred pick. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, right now, if you're saying Kenneth Walker's offensive rookie of the year is Damian Pierce, clearly the second. Yeah, I think I think it's Walker, Pearson, and Olave. Garrett Wilson's climbing, and yeah, um, he's got the talent to do it. Pierce is currently sixth in the league in rushing. Uh, Kenneth Walker, who obviously wasn't immediately the start of the way, kind of Pierce was. Uh, Walker's 15th, but what Walker's run for seven touchdowns versus Damian Pierce's three. Um, if Pierce was on a team that mattered, I think he would probably probably be a, a you know a hair ahead of Kenneth Walker. Right. Olave sixth in the league, or sorry, ninth in the league in receiving yards. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. And Garrett Wilson 21st. That's impressive given what <laughs> what's going on in New York. But yeah, just draft Ohio State receivers just draft big 10 players yeah and and running backs from schools in the sec who have dumb head coaches that don't utilize them (laughs) correct that's that's how you win super bowls moving to underwhelming performance uh 
I'm going to go with a receiver who AJ put on our all, our midseason all-rookie team. Uh, I, w- I was a little disappointed with Drake London against the Chargers. Now, this is not necessarily all his fault. <laughs> it's the same thing every week, yeah. <laughs> Seven targets, three catches, 23 yards, two for first downs. Lost a fumble mm. on a drive that was going to yeah. end in points. Yeah. Khalil Mack just <laughs> took it from him. That's uh, it's. I mean, Khalil Mack's a grown ass man. That's hard hard to not have happen to you. Um, but it it's just so defeating to watch this Falcons team and like see Kyle Pitts and Drake London get open and just not get the ball thrown on target. Um, I don't know. It's it it was ugly and yeah. and again this is it was underwhelming not necessarily because of Drake London like he did have that fumble but it's just the Falcons passing offense as a whole is underwhelming and they're they've got these two massive and athletic pass catchers who they just don't know how to use. Yeah, and like I don't like obviously Mariota is is not playing good ball, but it feels like the coaching staff's got to do a better job of giving him, you know, putting them in the position to make these plays. Like, I, I don't know, man, like feels like Mariota I I think over his career has been pretty good for like the jump ball plays. I know those are low percentage plays, but he he was missing. I, I oh, mean, yeah. there was a couple drops, but like he had Kyle Pitts wide yeah. open on the deep throw. Really. Absolutely. I'm just saying like bring, bring some like easier plays for Mariota, tougher like you know, tougher grabs for Sorry, Desmond Ritter. The issues they're winning, but yeah, I mean, you might as well see. Or they're not winning. They didn't win this week. They're in first place still, aren't they? Or did I, they, I, I Tampa, yeah, Tampa no, no, the Tampa is now. So I, I, my, my hypothesis is that they have to lose like two more games to clearly not be in position to win the NFC South, and then the bye weeks, week fourteen. That's the so week fifteen is maybe a spot where we see Desmond better, and that, and that makes sense. You know, like with with a couple games left, that that makes a lot of sense. Um. I didn't have like a like a clear like really bad bad you know game, but I I put Kyler Gordon who you know has had his ups and downs this year. I, I feel like he's starting he was starting to stack a couple more ups though, um, and this was a down. Um, I just thought like his coverage was just lacking. It wasn't like you know a disastrous like Darian Kendrick or anything, but give up six catches, eight targets, sixty three yards, and like just he, they really need someone to step up in the defensive passing game against the Finns. And and he didn't. Uh, that's that's kind of just all I put. Like it wasn't like, you know, a big break that that really broke the the Bears. You know, passing D. It was just like a slow leak. And that's kind of what the Finns' offense is. And they were in this game until the very very end. They could have won the game. And I just like I was ready for you know, tough 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 assignments against Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill. But just would, would like to see him you know, step up and make a play. And it didn't happen. A guy who who was making plays uh, this past week, but maybe didn't get the credit he deserves, and looks like a hit is Kenyon Green. Yeah, that's yeah. my looks like a hit this week. One. I thought he did a he did a great job, uh, just road grading for Damian Pierce. He had that one that one big Damian Pierce run where they pulled Kenyon Green backside yeah. and he smacked the defender, opened up the perfect hole for Pierce to hit. Um, he's just been really consistent at left guard all season for them. And just been trucking through uh, um, defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe you can still criticize where they took him a little bit, but I think, like, him combined with Pierce is giving this offense an identity going forward, right? Like, maybe something that they should really lean into. I don't – of course, the Texans are so 
who knows but like <laughs> going forward maybe that's 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 something to, to lean into and obviously he's got tons of him who's been awesome this year um he's just not as bad as I, th- I think that like we anticipated probably but they play hard they play hard like they lo- yeah. they play for lovey smith so who, who wouldn't though who, f- who i run through a goddamn brick wall for lovey smith um my looks like a hit um going to another game we both watched i i give it to kate Auden, who had obviously a really really good game five catches eight yards touchdown to win the game uh, he was the first player taken on, on day three, went 106. I had him 111, so it's not like I'm tuning my own horn here, big time or anything, but like he, he's been just really, really solid. And this week he was the best Bucks pass catcher. Um, had that obviously great, great, great catch down the seam to ignite the game winning drive. Just look classic, almost uh, baby Gronk. He's the new baby Gronk, Rob. Look classic Brady the Gronk. And then he finished it with a game winning touchdown. Good, yeah. He's now had three games where. He's kind of been their consistent guy. Yeah. The, the win over the Falcons earlier in the year, yep. Brady kept going to him. It, it, it wasn't anything big, but it was in key moments he kept going on. And their loss to the Panthers, he was the only guy making any plays. And then obviously this week he was – he's just kind of become Brady's safety net. Yeah, and like for a team that, you know, Scotty Miller dropped what should have been the game when he touched down. Um, and it's been inconsistent. Uh, Mike Evans has dropped, had a lot of drops. Like, he's still making the big plays, but has a lot of drops. Chris Godwin it just doesn't seem like he's really on the same page with Brady right now. Like he, So, like, all of their, you know, they're, they're, and Julio Jones has, you know, been banged up, and it's he's old. Um, like, so, you know, like, all these pass catchers aren't aren't making the big plays or aren't consistent, and um, Auden has been. And... More than half his catches have gone for first downs. That's impressive. Year. That that's that's really impressive. He, uh, I think, by season's end, he will. Ve- we, we we had some debate over who our our mid season all rookie tight end will be. He's trending towards owning it by the end of the year. There have been so many good rookie tight ends. Uh, later in the show, I'm going to highlight a few more that Ooh, that popped onto geez. the scene. Yeah. There's been it's been a good class and it looks like we got another good one coming in too. That's that's fun. I love the tight end position. You know what else we've had? A really good running back class. And, and and a guy who looks like a miss for me and a hit for the Atlanta Falcons is Tyler Algier, who I was lower on than you. Uh I was lower on than a lot of people. I wasn't that high on he, him either though. Too. Like I don't no don't kill me. You were higher on him than okay. Fine, I won't. <laughs> um He he looks like a starting level running back. I know they had Critterell Patterson come back this week and he got to score to t- score the touchdowns, but Algier kept providing them with the big splashy runs. Uh, he had like a 44 f- a yard run down the sideline mm-hmm. where he was just like carrying defenders on him. But he also ha- finished with 10 carries for 99 yards and was, it was consistently like seven, 12, 15 breaking first contact on almost all of them. Just, Looked a lot more laterally explosive than I was expecting too. Um, also, also got the ball in space as a pass catcher yeah. and, and rumbled for twenty four yards. He he was awesome. He only played thirty eight percent of the snaps, and in, in in those snaps, eleven touches for one hundred and twenty three uh, yards of scrimmage. Yeah, that that I really didn't expect that explosive a game for him with with Patterson coming back, and I think Patterson had two touchdowns too, right? So like this, the utilization, the split that they had going on. I hope it continues. I, I think it w- works really well, and you know, I think Patterson. You know, he's he's getting up there, and he's had the injuries, and he's, you know, he's never been built to be a full time running back by any means. So, the utilization, I, I think it should, if anything, grow a little bit more with Algier. 
like he wasn't like a superstar when you know it was his you know his kind of backfield to lose but i think going forward they have a solid solid back and i would like to see more 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 touches because it even feels like you know with patterson out they like you know caleb huntley was coming in and and williams was getting the you know the third down work i just you know i just like to see them kind of lean into him a little bit more who you got for looks like a miss? I went with a guy that, like, I had a 172 on my board. He went 118. I did not like the pick. It's a Caleb Evans for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, came in for Cam Dantzler. Uh, played 44 snaps. That That's 70% on the, on the game. That's more than double his career high. And he played really well. He played really well. Six tackles, two Love TFLs. That. I liked him. I don't like a Caleb. Yeah, it was, it was like the one long corners that I don't. I didn't really like. Um, <laughs> I just thought his feet were too bad. Anyways. Um, two TFLs. What pick did he go? Sorry. Uh, one eighteen. One eighteen. I I had him one twenty on my board. Oh, look, that's a hit for Hop. Um, the uh, PBU was great. The PBU was awesome. Fourth down, uh, I think it was like fourth and one. Uh, they ran Terry McLaurin on a crosser. He was kind of like you know in trail. Uh, and didn't, when the ball came, reached across the body and knocked it away. It was a great play. Couple TFLs, physical game. Um, kind of mad. You know, kind of like a similar similar type of dude to Dantzler too. So kind of like you know just didn't mix a beat, um, big spot and a tough game for the Vikings too. That's they're somehow uh, only lost one game on the season. Maybe the lucky going to Buffalo. If he's got to start again this week, that's that's a test. So this is gonna be one to watch this week. Speaking of Buffalo, uh, one of my need I got two needs to step it up. One being Kyrie Elam, who uh, only played forty three percent of the snaps um, against the Jets, but but really struggled. Uh, Garrett Wilson gave him some hell, um, targeted four times, gave up three for 35, missed a tackle. I just think the secondary is banged up right now and they need more from him and Mm -hmm. he's just not playing as much as you maybe would expect. It's been inconsistent. And then then another one is, uh, Travon Walker who had two pressures against the Raiders, but so many times, off the snap, using that 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 explosiveness and that power, he he'd kind of knock back Colton Miller or or Jermaine uh, Illuminor, uh and look like he's got him, but then knock it off the block, mm-hmm. and then like Col- Colton Miller, who's a lot better than Jermaine Illuminor, would like re-anchor himself and settle. But it like he'd initially look like frequently initially it would look like he oh he's he's gonna raise some hell. But then he just doesn't have that kind of that move yeah. to get off a block. And it's just he needs to take it up a notch. Like, he played okay against the Raiders. Two pressures is good. But it's, to, to turn those pressures into more impactful plays, like, he, he just needs to, to kind of figure out how to use his hands and, 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 and develop a go-to pass rush. Maybe. I feel like that was one of the bigger knocks coming out, right? Um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you're going to assume it's going to come with time. And like you said, he didn't play poorly, and he's got he's got the NFL talent. He, there's a reason he's the first overall pick, but, no, that, that's got to that's gotta come for sure. Um, I put a guy who I – like, I didn't put him here because of, like, really poor play at all. Like, like I think he might just be the only good player on his defense, and that's Jalen Petrie for the Texans. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't bad at all against the Eagles, I thought. But just – he's leaving plays on the field, like, had a dropped interception – uh, got call for a pass interference on, on Dallas Goddard. Um, it, like we've talked about him a lot. Like he's always around the ball. He's he's missed tackles. Like he's been impactful. 
and he's been fun. He just, I think he's just got to be more consistent, you know, like, and I think it's going to come. I just, I'm, I'm kind of just waiting for that. But like, uh, like that, like, remember you had that awesome TFL just like took out Sanders legs shooting down the field. Like it was great. Um, so I think it's going to come. I just want to see it like be more consistent. Like if he can start making the plays that he's leaving out there, he looks like he could turn into like, you know, a, a pro bowl level guy, like sooner rather than later. Um, going to not ready to play. Cam Taylor Britt is pl- playing a lot for the Bengals right now. He played every single snap against the Panthers. They blew out the Panthers. So it didn't really matter. But especially later in the game, he, he, he was struggling a little bit. He gave up the touchdown to Terrace Marshall. Gave up two grabs for 45 yards. Got called on two penalties uh, in illegal uh, contact and in, in illegal use of hands. Um, he, it just feels like as the the Bengals trend to to fight for the AFC North, like he's good if he's gonna be playing this much with Chido Uzi out, mm-hmm. they're gonna need more from him. And over the last two weeks, he's allowed seven catches for 114 yards on nine targets or three weeks, sorry. Um, and uh, I just want to see him kind of take that leap. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Mine is um. A guy that kind of just got thrown into action in Lasita Smith came in for Will Hernandez for the Cardinals. Uh, he struggled. The whole the whole offensive line struggled. They had a bunch of false starts, which is at home, um, which is not a good look for the for the Cardinals. But Smith had I think two of them. Uh, just never seemed to find his footing in the game. Uh, it was like fairly early they came in, so he played most of the game. I just you know just a guy getting tossed in and just legit just wasn't ready for the spot. Um. Want to name some best day three rookies? I just I'm just gonna give you one. Um, I, I I feel like you know we've named like Kate Auden, you know Damian Pierce. So I I just went for the next best dude. I want Tariq Wollin. I want Tariq Wollin. Who you finally got a taste of? I'm I'm excited to hear what you th- thought. Um, obviously had a, had a great PBU on uh, on Hopkins. You know breaking from behind on, on like I think it was an in and uh, just knocking it away. Give, I think he was only credit for, for giving up one catch on two targets for negative two yards at a TFL there. I thought he pretty much shut, shut down Nuke when he was in coverage there. Nuke's touchdown was just a complete coverage break. I don't think it was um, – it wasn't Woolen. So I, I, I what do you think of uh, your first real taste of, of Tariq Woolen? He's fun. The athleticism is ridiculous. Yeah, Not length. And, like, I know it, it's just, like, hard to fathom given how many corners – and we've talked about this before. I know. And I don't want to beat a dead horse, but just how many corners have been overdrafted for being long and athletic, and and, and then he wasn't at all. And I, I was just checking; he he was seventy fifth on my big board, and I thought I was like slightly lower on him than some people. Yeah. And it's like this guy fell that far, and he's been this good this quick. It's it's just confusing. It really is. It really is. But I mean, not like to to you know, I had some Adam seventy one, but to reverse to my horn. I had Zion McCollum seventy three, and he fell for you know similar idea, and he hasn't been too good in the, in the limited play. But yeah, Woolen's been the second best rookie corner, and that's saying something this year. Um, for best day three rookie, I threw Kate Otten down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cordell Volson played a good game for the Bengals. Uh, they they just they just kind of handled business against the Panthers. Joe Mixon's five touchdowns. Um, Michael Clemens is just a really good football mm-hmm. player for the Jets. Uh, especially against the run, he he helped uh, kind of slow that Bills offense. Um, and Jamari Salyer 
I know it was the Falcons, but it's just so impressive the level he's playing at as a day three left tackle who's thrown into the fire. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he definitely has. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, ah, uh, want to get to uh, rookies who flash? How long's your list this week? Uh, I got some best UDFA rookies first. Oh, I forgot the best UDFA. Yeah, I got one too. You want to hear who mine is? It's a classic Kader Kohu, baby, who has been the most – we talked about him. He's been the most out of nowhere rookie. Eight tackles. He allowed four catches on seven targets, but only 19 yards. Um, I thought he might have been, like, the the brightest spot on that on that Dolphins defense this week. Um, just really solid tackling. And for how well he's played for the Dolphins, it's, it's shockingly good. Like, I – He's one of the most interesting stories for rookies this year, and I feel like, you know, he's just – he's not that big of a talking point. I'm going to go with two. Uh, Raheem Blackshear, who did most of his damage in garbage time, but in 17 snaps he had 13 carries for a touchdown – or 13 rushing yards and a touchdown, and uh, 40 yards as a pass catcher. Sick. And two, two, two solid kick returns. Uh, and Cameron Dicker the kicker. Yeah. Of the L.A. Chargers, who went two for two on field goals and, and, and two for two on PATs, uh, including the game-winning field goal. He has now hit game-winning field goals for both <laughs> the Eagles and Chargers in the only two NFL games he's played in. He feels like he's going to be just like a hired leg going around the league finishing games for people. I love it. Hilarious. It's great. Um, rookies who flash, you got a, you got a long list this week? Uh, I got a couple. Okay, I try. Uh, I try to mix in like some new guys. So, I got two punters: Jake Camarda yes. and Ryan Stonehouse. Yes, <laughs> the punting Ooh, group has just been so good. Bombs. Yeah. Um, both of them had two of the best punts I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chig Aconqua yep. with the forty-eight yard catch and run, where he just plowed through Chiefs tacklers. That's awesome. Um, Isaiah Spiller finally got some playing time. Just 13 snaps, but got seven carries for 29 yards. Looks solid. Uh, and then Chris Olave, who mm-hmm. just always deserves to be talked about in a positive Yeah, game. he definitely does. You took a couple off my list, so I'll, I'll hit from uh, from that Detroit game. How about James Mitchell, baby? There's only two catches for an eight yards and a touchdown. But touchdown was nice. You know, it was a good route. Find the soft spot in the end zone, uh, in, in the zone, in the end zone. Easy touchdown. Uh you know, I guess technically won them the game eventually. Um, and the, on the flip side, Samori Turi only had two catches for 34 yards, but made a huge play to get to give the Packers a chance late. Kind of also fumbled. I don't know. It was really, it was really weird. I was confused what happened, but it's gonna feed. It's gonna be fun to see his role expand going forward, uh, especially with Romeo Dobbs going out with that with an injury in the same game. Unfortunately, um, and like I said, also Aiden Hutchinson had a pick. Still, the pass rush has got to come, but like. I thought it was, it was cool because, like, they, they tried to run, like, a tackle eligible play to David Bakhtiari, and he just snuffed it out, read it perfectly. The throw also looked really, really bad for Rodgers. But Hutch still made, still made a great play. Um, and, and two more quick. I just wanted to give out uh, Kyle Hamilton, who's who's kind of turned it up the last few weeks. Just playing solid. Had an interception, but it got called back. It wasn't, it wasn't on him. And also, similarly, Kobe Bryant, I'm not saying he's been playing phenomenal or anything. He was giving up yards to Rondale. Like he's not getting beat over the top, and he's creating turnovers. And he he would have had a pick, but it was called back on on um, on a illegal contact on on Diggs, and I mean on him. But it was a great great interception. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, out of nowhere, Rook. 
I totally forgot that that the Texans drafted yeah, TV Quitteriano, the Oregon State tight end. <laughs> and then he caught the touchdown against the Eagles. And it was, was really sick. a great grab. Yeah. So I had to put him. I put him here too. I go with another rookie tight end, though, who wasn't drafted. Uh, Armani Rogers, who was a, a college quarterback. Yeah, matching quarterback. quarterback baby. Yeah. Uh, they gave him the ball in a jet sweep. He, he got he got loose for 24 yards, broke a couple tackles. He's a good athlete. It was fun. I mean, is and he's on. You you didn't say he's on the Commanders, correct? Yeah, he's on the Commanders. And would you say he's the next Logan Thomas? I I would definitely. Okay. <laughs> That's a, he's such a random player. It is. I'm like for I like <laughs> if you told me a year ago that you know Rogers is busting off 24 yard runs for for the Commanders, I would not believe you. He was basically like a just a wildcat quarterback. Yeah. yeah. At, at Ohio and in UNLV. I'm ready for them to, to give him a you know, let him throw a touchdown or something. I hope, I hope. Uh finally start the rock. I I, I kinda copped there. I, I just really want Desmond Ritter mm-hmm. to start. They're playing the Panthers this week. Mariota was uh completed just fifty two percent of his throws against the Chargers for 129 yards. Good stats. He's compl- he's completed more than twenty passes in only two of nine games this year. Like I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. And they need to find out if Desmond Ritter can play or not before they potentially look to draft a quarterback. I also think like getting Ritter in there shows you if, if Arthur Smith is the right coach or not too, you know? Like how, how they could go forward with that the whole regime I think is important. Um Mine is kind of like, I guess a guy we've talked about, I put Nick Cross. Like, the season's done. You know, you're starting Sam Ellinger. You hired a guy who, you know, who I think coached as an interim coach. Uh, it's time to play your rookies. You know, like, and they don't even mix him in. Like, uh, Thomas and, Thomas plays a lot. And, like, Cross, Cross has played two de- defensive snaps after week two. He played 100%, he played per- 100% week one. He- yeah, and he played pretty well. Yeah, week I, one. I don't know what the fuck happened, and I think he went down to like I don't know forty in week two or something. And then he's played two snaps since then, um, and like I'm not saying he is, but even if he was an instant bust, like let him prove it. I thought he looked good week one too. I doesn't make sense to me. No, nothing the Colts are doing makes that's, sense. That's, to me. that's so true. Way, Jay. 